getting ready to kick off the weekend and hopefully sounding a bit more like an adult human being this week, welcome to Hand of Pod. Welcome one and all to episode 413 of Hand of Pod. I'm Sam Kelly. I've not been breathing helium this week. We're recording in person, which means there is no risk of my fellow recordees telling me at half time, Andres. <laughs> oh, that have been again. That's been a while the, since the, the, Yeah, the microphone decided to um, reset itself after I put the <laughs> correct setting in before connecting and I didn't well, spot no. it. Uh, anyway, I'm Sam Kelly and this week I'm joined by Andres. Hello, welcome. And by English Dan. Hello. And the results since we last recorded, we'll go straight into this very quickly. I'll give you the main results from the two title hopefuls. There have been two rounds of matches. Um, Santi last week was slightly, I think he got his maths mixed up a bit because he said that the league title could have been decided by Tuesday. Uh, it wasn't because, uh, no, he didn't get it mixed up, in fact, it was possible. Uh, but Tacheres did not lose to Vélez. They drew against Vélez last Friday the 19th, uh, 1-1 at home in Cordoba. The day after, no, two days after that, River got a 1-0 win away to Platense, um, which meant that River were nine clear with nine to play for. I'm already with getting confused. To play for nine clear with 12 to play for, that's quite right. And what that meant um, was that after Gimnasia, got a 5-2 win, including two second-half penalties, uh, home to Tacheres on Tuesday the 23rd? Yes. Yeah, that makes sense, doesn't it? Uh, River only needed to avoid defeat against Racing last night. We're recording on Friday, so on Thursday night. That's why we're recording on Friday, in fact, because it made very little sense to record, obviously, this week before and the we River game. we record at 11 in the evening or no. something like that. Um... And, I mean, Marcelo Gacharo's River have, have been you know, fairly reliable in, in most big matches. They've not had a 100% record in important matches, but they, they just about got the job done last night, it's fair to say. It Dan, was right? touch and go for, um, for a while, but yeah, yeah, they squeezed through. Approximately the first um, half hour, uh, it looked like there might actually be a football match, and then River went 1-0 up. And uh, I think I'm corrected, so I'm just going to check the stats. Yeah, River finished with the same number of goals as Racing had shots. Um, four. Racing did not score any. Uh, sorry to rub it in, Dan. But it was, it, it was a, a good way, really, to seal a league title because of all of the impressive performances that, that River have put in this season. I think that was arguably the most impressive. I mean... I mean, that's what they're... Racing really... have been out of sorts. They're under a new manager, so... <laughs> but... And the second one... Loses five two, so it's, it's mm. all, it was all all the uh, I mean uh, served for River in order to. And that was what River's eleventh win in the last twelve or tenth yeah. win in the last eleven something. Thirty four points from a possible thirty six. The only game they haven't won of the last twelve is that everything one one draw with the Estudiantes. Every, everything started when well, River ironically was eliminated by Atletico Mineiro in, in 
the Copa Libertadores in yeah. the quarterfinals so, uh, because uh, that it was like a release, like saying, well, now we are we are going to focus focus on only one tournament, which is. Uh, is it picking up on? The no, no, it's fine. Don't worry. Yeah. Carry on, Andres. We, which is, of course, uh, good in terms of the planification and 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 and, and, and being like uh, able to to work uh, at, well in, in, in the boundary of the uh, mid mid week matches hmm. on mostly one one uh, round per per week, um, but what, when that happened. With, with that loss, which was a big loss against Atletico Mineiro, uh, it was uh, River had uh, almost no chances to to turn over the 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 the, uh, the draw in, in that case. Uh, I think that most River supporters thought, what will happen now with Gallardo with the team uh, after this uh, massive loss, and 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 that's where it started. Uh, even with a lot of difficulties. With a lot of injuries, especially when you say that the the, the coaches in South America, especially in Argentina, had to uh, rebuild a new team uh, after uh, every season. In this case, it was almost every two weeks or so because injuries, uh, of course, collapse for national for for uh, qualif uh, qualifiers, mm. and with the tournament not stopping, uh, the league style not stopping when when yeah. that happened. Uh, and the uh, suspensions, well, uh, that all of that made uh, for Gallardo to in in a need to to uh, look for uh, new players, new team uh, was almost uh, all the time. So after that, uh, after all that difficulties and handicaps, watching how we were finally played, it's that is where where all the pride uh, gets because. Uh, uh, you have the team and the and the players get into that team, and they and they play uh, like the one who who who, who now was out. Yeah, uh, it was almost automatic, and with with even with players that uh, having were having their their first matches, like for example, we before we started recording, we I think you mentioned Santiago Simon, who now is mm. part of the team. It's key part of the team, not only part, and and 10 matches in his career, I think, or, or, or so, it's something that is key and that uh, shows how the team works and how, of course, well, Marcelo Gallardo, uh, it's all the time reinventing and, and, and building new teams, and, and it looks like he's, he's prepared for to do that uh, in a short period of time, not only every season or every six months, It's that is is something really surprising and, and and even for the ones who follow him and, and know that he's capable of something like that it's surprising mm. yeah uh, and I mean as you say a number of those players have, have been called up or on the fringes of the national team as well which given how good the national team are at the moment and, and the 2021 that they've had and the fact that these are players playing in the local league um, and you know Julian Alvarez has been a regular coming off the bench for the national team actually getting minutes which is quite something it, it's a while since we've had a player in the domestic league and also for especially an attacking player yeah uh, Christian Pavon possibly the last one who got yeah. a fair amount of uh, game time nothing like uh, Julian Alvarez either at club level or, or at international level and 
you know, if you take into account the impact he's had. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it's quite an achievement. Like, Alvarez is just really, it's almost, it's just another uh, kind of, that the office for Gacharo, he's, he realises, oh shit, I haven't got any strikers left, Borre, I've sold him, Matias Suarez is injured, Bram Romero is kind of like, plays all right, one game good, one game bad. Oh, we've got this kid Alvarez, eh, let's stick him down the middle, see what happens. And he ends up scoring, what is it, 17 goals in the last 15 games from from his first 15 games as centre forward. There, there was like, a, what the hell? And there was a graphic that came up after he scored his goal last night saying that was his 16th in 12 matches. Yeah. Uh, 17th, I think he did. Which, which is basically, you know, coincides perfectly with the time where Gishara thought, eh, let's give this guy a... Let's give him a run down the middle. Let's see what happens. And mm. It's even with Gasharro. Sometimes, obviously, he makes bad decisions, but the good decisions far outweigh him. I think it's worth saying as well. You know, to add a little bit of balance because we've got a river fan and a river sympathizer here. It was it was a pretty terrible league um, yes, to win in terms of quality. I mean, it was one if you look at it and you look at the other teams. If River didn't win it, if sometimes if you know. Looking back five games ago, six games ago, where they were four points clear, and if you know things had gone different and and they had let it slip, you'd be saying, "What the hell were they doing?" Because uh, the quality, I think, across the across the league has been has been very poor generally uh, this season, apart from River and Shearers up to a point who have probably been the surprise package apart from Bellis and Kind of so sporadically, yeah. as well, but I mean, there's, there's a reason that Tasharis have been the the main challengers for yeah. basically the whole season. But you say, you know, what is it? Twelve points, the difference now, or or eleven points? Uh, that doesn't flatter River. I mean, they are that much better mm. than the rest. And yeah, the twelve clear of Defensa y Justicia and Tasharis, mm. who are now joint second yeah. on points. Yeah, you can't say that's um, that's not a fair reflection of what we've seen over the last three or four months. Perhaps so something you will say about uh, mistakes made by Gallardo, you you would say that he put so many so, and we talk talked about this of course a lot of times. He put so many energy. Uh, so much energy in, in, into the uh, international competitions that of course there was no room or no energy left for for the for the league the leagues and and and, and now it, it is of course uh, much more evident now than finally could win a, a, a league title mm. three matches to left to, to go which is great but uh, it was a result of, of being eliminated from Copa Libertadores and, and not other not not having other other uh, uh, competitions as, as also being eliminated from Copa Argentina by by Boga. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I still think they I still think they would have found the stride though. I mean, I don't know because I mean, I I did it's say kind of when, factual, but when they went out of the Libertadores, I did say it looks like you know we're finally going to see River under Gachado take the league seriously and let's see what happens. Um, they did that, and in a way, actually. They, kind of fitting that they've sealed the title against Racing given that in Gachado's very first season they essentially gifted Racing the title by playing a reserve team because that match which was pretty much deciding the title in what was it the second last round yes I um, fell that right between right between the two legs of the Sudamericana semi-final against Boca um, I dispute that I assertion. mean and about the match specifically that we won yesterday uh, last night sorry um, it was with Poncio and Pinola in the first team mm. 
in the line. For, uh, in Pinola left back as well. Yes, as a left back because the uh, casco was uh, suspended, and well, Martinez. Uh, no, it was yes. Uh, sorry, I I was with my with my mind a bit uh, like in a in a cloud. I, I assume now they've won the league. Both of them are just going to turn to dust. Their mission on earth now complete, right? Because they're seven hundred. Um, Presumably, I mean, basically said he's going to retire now, yes. or at least that he's going to be leaving River. Is he the most successful player in River's history now? He's going on about with Laguna, I think he's right. in titles. That's quite a big name to be tied with. Um, and as Dan and I were talking about just before you arrived, Andres Gachardo, because we've got ESPN on here, and they showed a graphic comparing Gachardo's trophy hall with um, Ramon Diaz's trophy hall, and when I first started following Argentine football and certainly when Gachardo took over uh, immediately after Ramon Diaz left in his most recent spell of course Ramon Diaz was the name who was held up as River's all-time most successful manager having basically been in, you know, involved for the, the Libertadores win in 96 Gachardo's won twice as much as he has yeah. now uh, yes. all round Dan did point out that La Bruna won was it six league six titles league probably, you said. in about um, six years yeah. but you, uh, which obviously counts for something as well but in the number of, of titles, they are they are taking into account the Suruga Bank and that mm. kind of titles, mm. right? Of course. Yes, yes. I mean, I assume they are. Super because... Copa and Suruga yes. Bank. I've, I've... Not to, you know, play down the Suruga Bank, which is super important. And oh, obviously, yeah, yeah. Great competition all around. But, but yeah, I mean, I've, I've never yet met a <laughs> South American television football journalist. I mean, you know, come across a South American television football journalist who isn't happy to count completely meaningless crap as oh, an international absolutely. trophy. Um but, you know, he has got two Copas Libertadores and a Sudamericana and a couple of Recopas, if you want to count them as well, and everything. And the Sudamericana, so, when it wasn't a, a Europa League, it was just as... Indeed, Not as yeah. prestigious, but as competitive, mm. probably, as uh, Libertadores, because a lot of good teams were in it. That is, particularly. That, that was... The year that River won it was the year that... It was 2014. I can't remember who won the Libertadores, but I do remember that the South American Footballer and Team of the Year and Everything Awards that happened just after was... River players in the top three positions rather than San Lorenzo won the Libertadores. Uh, yeah. Oh, yes. they did. Of course, they did. Yeah, which probably accounts for why there weren't many San Lorenzo players in that it's top a, yeah, three because yeah. it wasn't a scintillating side. No, compared to River at all. No, completely. Yeah, and indeed accounts I think for the semi-final of that 2014 Sudamericana was River, Boca, Atlético Nacional, mm. and one more, I think, heavyweight and/or uh, ex Libertadores winner. It was like. They were, yes. You know, it wasn't. Yeah, Paranaense the 20, against Bragantino, no offense to those two teams. Yeah. Um, the 2014 Libertadores semis were four teams who hadn't won the Libertadores yeah. before, and the Bolivar, 2014 Sudamericana Nacional, semis were four teams. Or someone else, yeah. And the 2014 Sudamericana semis were four teams who had won the Libertadores before. That sounds. Um, yeah, that, that rings a bell now. Um, but yeah, we, we're going to talk a little bit more later, by the way, on Hand of Pod Extra about. Uh, just how long it's been since River's last league title because that was one under Ramon Diaz which is an awfully long time ago uh, especially by hand of pod standards and we're going to go over some of the things that have happened in Argentine football since River last won the league um, and it's going to be quite a long list of them um, we can but, try and work out how what the Argentine peso was worth back then to really depress his oh yeah I mean let's uh, perhaps not do that um, <laughs> but yeah just to go back to what you were saying about the relative strength of the league Dan I've, I often like to bore people with the goal difference um, stats here as sort of almost as hilarious an indicator of, of dominance and Rivers 
goals goal difference is at plus 35 Jesus. from 22 matches. Obviously, the season isn't over yet. This could go down by the time they lose some matches, <laughs> or it more likely is going to go up a bit, depending on how seriously they take these last uh, over, three yeah. games. Um, defensively, with DCA in second, have a goal difference of plus 17. Colon, uh, Tashera, sorry, have a goal difference of plus 8. Um, Venice have 15. Amen. That looks to me like the second best. Um, and then, oh, Lanus unfortunately have now gone into positive goal difference. I seem to remember they were still had negative goal difference and were in. I mean, like, they scored a lot. They just fairly let in recently. A hell of a lot too. Thirty-six scored and twenty-four conceded. Uh, no, sorry, that's not Lanus. That's Estudiantes. Forty scored and thirty-six conceded. Um, I mean, to score forty goals <laughs> and only for, have a goal for difference of plus four is for River having the big, biggest difference. Goal difference, I think, is kind of historic. And and in fact, the last title. I know we, we will talk about that later. Um, the last title, the late title that River won with Ramon Diaz, they also made the, a, mark, a similar mark for in terms of goals. As, as I think they they defeated Kilmes 5-0, uh, hmm. also in the Monumental. Yes, so yeah, was. that decided the title, I think. Or I, I know if it was already decided, but it was necessary to to, to, to take that match for. But... Um, it's something, yes, uh, like story for River. We can say, at least if we're talking about goals, River are the only team in the entire league to average more than one goal a game scored, which is fairly uh, yeah, goal comprehensive. Difference. No, just goals for. They've got 48 in 22 games, so more than two goals per game. Uh, more than two and goals per game. No other yeah. team has managed to score more than... That makes much two more goals, sense. Two goals a game or more. And not even really close. Only Lanús are fairly close. Yeah. Defensa Justicia, Lanús and Estudiantes are the only teams who've scored more goals than River's goal difference. Yeah. There we go. So dominant, yes, to sum up. Yes. Um, what else can we talk about in terms of the league and the, and the two rounds of matches that have uh, been taking place? I mean, th- here's the thing, right? One thing I think that we were not hoping would happen as a podcast, even if obviously Andres in particular was hoping it would happen uh, earlier rather than later, uh, was for anybody at all to win the league with three rounds of matches to go because there's no relegation at the end of this year. No. So now I, I'm, you know, as the producer of the podcast, I'm left thinking, but the what exactly do we We do have a new team in Primera for next year. Oh, do yes. Go on, do tell. Uh, Tigre, who somehow battled against the malevolent forces of uh, FC Tapia, a.k.a. Barraca Central, mm-hmm. and beat them in Monday's playoff, 1-0, to secure the first promotion spot from the Primera Nacional to the Liga Profesional for 2022. Excellent. Yes. Congratulations to them. So what Indeed. does that leave the situation looking like in terms of the second... Uh, still what to play for um, because concurrently with the final which was for the winner of the two groups mm-hmm. there is also a another playoff competition for the top three teams in each group so that's six teams in total yeah. those three teams will join Barraca Central in the semi-finals which are all t- these are all two-legged affairs apart from the final which I assume will be one leg um, the scores on the doors at the moment in those are there's some interesting teams here who um, we haven't seen in Primera for a while. One one team in particular will be of interest to Handapod, especially long-term Handapod listeners. 
In the first leg of the quarterfinals, Deportivo Morón drew with 10 men against Quilmes Tuol. Uh, Deportivo Morón have been away for a long, long time, if they've ever been in uh, Primera. Uh, yeah, I think they have been in the top flight. Um, Keep talking and I'll Elsewhere, Ferro, or aka Aussie Dance beloved Ferro, went to Tucumán and got a 3-1 victory against San Martín de Tucumán, which puts him in great stead for next Monday's decider in Cabachito. And we should say that Ferro were very unlucky because they finished just a point behind Barraca Central in, the, in zone B. Uh, both teams won their last games of the season, of the regular season. Ferro, uh, a battling victory against Almagro. And Barraca Central in a not-so-battling victory against Villa Dalmine, which has prompted an, in- an investigation now into uh, match-fixing claims. Because several Villa Dalmine players have been accused of, of going backwards, as okay. they say, in that last match. So... That's why no one was particularly upset, except for Gigadapia, to see Barraca Central miss out on their first chance for promotion. Yes. I will continue in that last quarterfinal of the playoff was between uh, Mendoza's Independiente Rivadavia. Mendoza's Independiente Rivadavia? Yes. Yep. And Isidro Casanova's finest, Almirante Brown. Uh, and that finished in a 1-0 draw. They will have to go to Casanova uh, on Sunday uh, for the second leg and that could be explosive whether Brown win or lose because they are they're one of the feistier teams mm. I think in um, in the Argentine divisions um, it, it'll be fun to see them in, in Primera right I don't know if anyone fancy in a way though there anyway no it's um, it's right down in in La Matanza um, I think of, it's not a touristic site. Not a particular tourist attraction. I'm trying um, to work out who, who who would be best to to see promoted. Obviously, you know, the podcast editorial line is Ferro. Of course. Um, but, but it'd be quite good fun to see an Independiente Rivadavia Godoy Cruz. The Derby, yeah. Classico, yes. wouldn't it? Particularly since uh, Independiente Rivadavia too have, um, have had a few fireworks going. In my uh, case, I, I am matches. happy for Tigre to, to be back at First Division as... It was terribly unfair when they were relegated because they were a team playing very good football, unusual for a team relegated. And, and well, they made the Libertadores, didn't they? They yes, won the yes. Copa de la Superliga against Boca the same yes. year. They were relegated and then they played the Libertadores while they were down in uh, in the second division. Hmm. Didn't do very well. But yeah. uh, Moron have spent one season in the Primera, by the way, 1968-69. Um, they finished second last. It's one of the few teams who have a mascot who's this crazy guy who dresses up in a rooster suit. Yeah. Go and like, hangs off the crash barriers and often just starts fights. He's very entertaining. Yes, indeed. They've got a fairly new stadium as well. Some, built sometime in the last decade. Yeah, because anyway. they did the uh, the Women's Libertadores. I remember Tony was saying did, yeah. he, um, he trekked out to, mm. to Moron on a fairly regular basis. Um, to go see games. Yeah, and one of the biggest universities in the country, which always amuses foreigners when they first find it out, because it looks like the word more. When you first heard of it. Yeah. Um, cool. Good. Well, I mean, it's, on the one hand, it's always nice to see a new team 
or at least a team who haven't been up for absolutely ages in the in the top flight. But obviously, we prefer Tigre to Barracas Central. So well done, Indeed. Tigre. The, the ones who are promoted now won't be quite happy because from from next season the the uh, averages will be back, right? Yes. Yes. This correct. time next year, oh. we will be able to talk about who's about to get relegated. Uh, <laughs> In you know, if, if uh, somebody wins the title with three or four matches to go again, so it won't matter quite as much uh, if that happens. But right now, not very much to report, and, and there's not even I mean, there are going to be so many matches next year that there's not even much point in telling you who's at the bottom of the relegation table no. at the moment. So, when I'm going to um, a quick overview of the cup qualification places, bearing in mind that they could still change with the oh, Copa Argentina final and sure, all take, that take us through that. Uh, well, to start with, uh, the ah, oh, we're not. I thought we were in the final stage of the Copa Argentina. No, still no, they play Tacheres against Godoy Cruz in the semi-finals, uh, and they uh, will play Boca, won't they? Yes. And they will play Boca. Is it Argentinos that Boca beaten? Yes. 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 Um, So that could make a difference because I believe Boca at the moment occupy one of the Libertadores places. River has released a a spot uh, by by being the champions of the league, right? At the moment, uh, River and Colón are safe. River by virtue of just winning the league, Colón by virtue of winning the weird cup league thing that. Copa Maradona. The, Copa, the second Copa Maradona, which was at the start of the year. Oh, yeah, sorry, we can't call it the Copa Maradona, can we? Coming up? No, because uh, was it Dalmor Giannina ah. got them to stop, <laughs> told them to stop calling it that. The Copa Redacted, Redacted, Redacted. Um, there are five places available for the Libertadores, aside from those automatic places. Um, and along with River and Colón, at that, the top of that table are Vélez, who are safe, Tacheres, who should be safe, I imagine, um, considering the other um, shenanigans that are going to happen with the with the various variables. Mm-hmm. Um, and Boca, as I said, who can also clinch a spot while winning the Copa Argentina. And Banfield, too, have a place in the Sudamericana final by virtue of... Christ, what did they do? They won a weird playoff, which was because they lost yes. the final Copa, Copa Maradona. Maradona. The other Copa Maradona, which wasn't redacted, against Boca, and then they won another playoff against Vélez, I believe. Um, and then the South Sudamericana proper proper places at the moment are occupied by Estudiantes, Lanús, Independiente, Defensa y Justicia, and Gimnasia, with Rosario Central, Racing, and Unión biting at their heels in a very timid, not very threatening fashion, generally. Mm. But one, two, or even three of those clubs could still end up in the Sudamericana, depending on what the hell happens with all the other stuff I've been talking about and have already forgotten. Yeah, essentially, we need to wait until everything's finished and then look at the table and uh, just trust them to tell us who's qualified for what. Yes, that is correct. Which is a pretty good way, really, of making sure that the teams that the AFA wants to qualify do qualify. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to just see Barraca Central turn up in the Sudamericana somehow, yeah. like, no one would know. We've decided that the Sudamericana spot can go to the top place team who have never played in the top flight before. And, and whose initials are BC. Yeah. Um, that would make perfect sense. Yeah. 
I mean, it wouldn't make perfect sense, obviously, but you know what I mean. Um, good. Right. We should surely talk about some other matches, though, that have taken place, right? Did, did anybody actually catch Gimnasia versus Tacheres, just for entertainment purposes? I, I caught the second half. I, I did not. I must, thoroughly um, entertained. I must admit, I didn't watch much of this midweek, apart from... Actually, I didn't even watch the whole uh, Racing River game. As I said, these guys, I was down the pub... Um, and kind of felt this wasn't going to be a particularly uh, pleasant game to watch from a Racing point of view. So I stayed until halftime, saw that they were already 1-0 down and just basically braced myself for the second half and the inevitable onslaught. Um, I watched a bit of Boca and the I thought that was alright in parts. That was a... Classic, really. 1-0 win for Independiente. Yes. I wish I'd have watched Lanús. Benavides uh, scored that goal. Who is a, is a, who is a player who uh, recent, came back recently from a serious injury. I think he, he had a broken in uh, ligamentos, I think. Mm. Uh, and, uh, what on him? Yes. For, uh, former defensor sporting player. And uh, I think it was quite even match. Boca could have deserved the, 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 the draw, but it wasn't so uh, determined to, to, to look for it. Uh, it. It was a strange uh, a strange one, because Batalla decided to, to, to uh, make seven changes when they are two weeks from the Copa Argentina final. Yeah. Uh, that is something that the Boca uh, journalists, uh, or the, the journalists that cover the Boca, Boca matches and information, uh, criticized because they say they can he can't change like that when, when he's so many uh, so close uh, to, to a final. Mm. Um, it's perhaps similar to what what has, has been happening to Boca, which is they create chances but they aren't uh, clear enough to to score and then they, they they suffer too much in defense, which is something that didn't happen before. Now they are they are suffering a lot. Yeah. I think it's worth mentioning Lanus as well, if only because A, we know we'll probably have at least one Lanus fan <laughs> always listening, and B, because they've just been a lot of fun. Um, just looking at their last seven or eight games, um, and they're just full of goals. They, they had a 4-2 defeat to Boca, 1-0 against Banfield, 3-1 against San Lorenzo, drew 3-0 with Tacheres, beat Argentinos 1-0, drew with Estudiantes 1-0, Lost to Patronato 3-2. I don't think Patronato have ever scored three goals in any game since the start of history. And they managed to draw against Platense 3 all yesterday just for um, the River game. I mean, and if it wasn't been because of... Up it's well. just entertainment at least, yes. which you can't say about all the... And if it wasn't because of, uh, of Julian Alvarez, Pepe San could easily be the, the goal scorer. Well, yeah. I think that game last night included a Pepe San free kick from distance. Yeah. I've never seen him take a free kick. I, didn't see that one either, but I heard yeah. from our our, our Tame Lanus fan, I think I read it on his Twitter or, or something that Pepe Sand scored a free kick. If they could keep hold of a lead, they'd be laughing. Um, I think that they means also that the... Pepe Sand has scored more goals outside of the area than Cristiano Ronaldo in the last <laughs> four years. They also um, threw away a 2-0 lead in that match that you mentioned when they lost 3-2 to... Um, Patronato last week and that was played a couple of hours after Union lost 3-2 to Defensa Justicia having been ahead albeit not been ahead 2-0 they were up 2-1 at half time um, 
and, and lost 3-2. So those two matches, which both finished 3-2 and both featured second-half changes of the lead, um, came immediately after one another. So round 21 was... It got off to a very entertaining start after that. It, What's a pepper sound for this? See if you can see this. It's going to come up on the replay in a second and tell me what you think. Because that was an absolute stunner. Here it comes. Here it comes. Top quality podcasting audio content Indeed. for our listeners. So he's celebrating at the moment. But I just want to, I want to show Sam. <laughs> Very nice, yeah. Beautiful hair. Didn't know he had it in him. Uh, and his oh, son also scored. Uh, Jose Lopez. Jose Lopez scored. Yes. Uh, Pepe Lopez. As well. uh, for the benefit of new listeners, he's not actually his son, but he is literally young enough to, to, to be... And he's from Corrientes as also, well, yes. just like Pepe Sand. Yes. And two towns over, about 20 minutes 25 away. years uh, younger. Indeed. Um, other, other outstanding... Atletico Tucumán lost 4-0 at home to Defensa Justicia, which... Well, defensive this year have, is, um, have been brilliant. Yeah, just mentioning that. Yeah. Again. Second ahead of uh, Tashera, it's yeah. on goal difference now. Becasese. Who would be stupid enough to let Becasese go? Defensive Justicia is like uh, the second uh, uh, place for River players, as uh, they have they did they did with uh, Hector Martinez, the uh, regular centre back for River now. Mm -hmm. Enzo Fernandez, who is now a uh, centre uh, midfielder for River. And now they have Franco Paredes, who is not so important in terms of the minutes he, he played, but he's also a former River right back. So they they are doing this a lot, and apparently it's good for them. Yes. Uh, and Arsenal de Sarandí won a match as well. Correct. We need to mention and that three-one against Newell's. Not this most recent. That is good for San Lorenzo, as they aren't the last team. Oh, San Lorenzo ended up with eight men on the pitch. That was interesting. Three men's enough. Three? Yeah. Against Team Nassia? Okay. Um, oh no, against Aldo Civi. Against Aldo Civi, yes. Oh, I'd, I'd completely admit, I thought I saw that they had one. Yes. Uh, and then I Nestor stopped watching the match. Nestor Ortigosa and Martin Cauterucho, ex-San Lorenzo teammates, got, both got sent off. Champions of the Comerciadores, both. Indeed, yes. Uh, it was, again, uh, San Lorenzo have been great uh, comedy material this year. Um, They've really done uh, a lot to lift, you know, the spirits of this poor Racing fan because you can just look at San Lorenzo and say, it could be worse. It could get be a lot worse. Get your chin up. Twenty yeah. fifth yeah. in the league, behind Central Cordoba on goal difference, um, and as you say, a point ahead of Arsenal. Uh, that has been cut to a point because of Arsenal beating Newell's. Arsenal did follow that up with a one nil loss at home to Union. Um, Look, look what are the differences. Of course, I won't. I, I, I don't like to compare that, but uh, uh, the, 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 leader, the leader that should who should be Nestor Ortigosa for San Lorenzo, that that's something like this, which is to fight with the t former teammate. And, and, and I mean, he's only forty years old. There's not really much more he can do. Um, no, take penalties and fight people. That's what his role boils down to. He tried to set an example for the younger players in the team. Bye. I mean, it seems like he did. You know, they have three red cards. Uh, <laughs> so one example's been followed. It, that's true, actually. It was the first, yet yeah, the first red card, wasn't it? So yeah. first or second, I can't remember. Uh, let's just matter. have a quick. The look. point is, he is a fine runner. I model. think he was the guy who'd been sent off when I switched it on, and I watched for about five minutes and then switched it off. Yes. Uh, he yes, he was sent off for violent conduct. Violent conduct. Um, Nicolas Fernandez was sent off. 13 minutes later, and then Nahuel Barrios was sent off for a foul in deep in stoppage time. Um, there was a clear penalty that wasn't awarded for them, but 
that will have changed, I think, a lot. Mm. But yeah. it's often the way it goes, Indeed. isn't it? When you when your luck's against you, as just to drag it back to Gimnasia versus Tacheres. Uh, it was then, that was 2-0 to Gimnasia at half-time. Tacheres got back into it through an own goal fairly early in the second half. Um, and then there were two penalties, one from Lucas Licht and one from Brian Aleman uh, to pull them clear after... Oh, uh, there we are. Luis Rodriguez uh, made it 3-1. Anyway... And Juan Colmar like, made it 3 So there was a kind of a flurry of goals in, what is that, about nine, eight or nine minutes. There were a goal for Tacheres, a goal for Atletico. Uh, for Gimnasia, sorry, and then another goal for Tacheres. Gimnasia have done all right this year, this season, right? Without anyone really noticing. Uh, yes, I think. I mean, certainly, you know, better, better than, than we'd have predicted for them. Yeah. They're, they're, they're tenth, uh, thirty-four points, so yeah. six behind Tacheres and Defensivo this year. Or, if you want to put it in San Lorenzo terms, uh, fourteen points ahead of San Lorenzo. That's and, a good season for Gimnasia. I mean, I would all say counts. if you'd asked me at the start of this this league campaign I would have probably put him well, at Gor- Gor- so roughly on the same level yeah. but then one has Pulga Rodriguez and the other doesn't Gorosito mm. is, is at the, in the bench of Gimnasia and I wouldn't it wouldn't be crazy if, if San Lorenzo asks for him if he wants to to be back at San Lorenzo because San Lorenzo uh, at this point is faithless they yeah. it's, it's the same no, they lost yeah. absolutely lost yeah yeah um, anyway on that note, we're going to take a half-time break and refill our glasses, and when we come back, we'll talk some more about stuff. Uh, I've just realised I don't really know what we're going to talk about in the second half, but there will be a second half, and of course we've got some listeners' questions. Don't go away. Okay, the first thing to cross off the list of um, things to talk about for the second half is a quick update on the women's championship. Um, didn't manage to catch these matches, but last weekend the semi-finals were played. You might remember Santi talking, was it last week he told yes. us, um, about uh, the quarterfinals, one of which he attended with Tony. Uh, in the first semi-final, River lost 3-0 to Boca in the Super Clásico. That was on Saturday. And in the second semi-final, San Lorenzo were the hosts. They drew 2-2 with Y Urquiza. And Y won the shootout 4-3, which means that the final is going to be Boca versus Y Urquiza. Not sure when it's going to be played, though. Um... I've had a look already, and uh, I can't find any confirmed date for it yet. Um, so that will be happening. It probably won't happen before we record next week, because the national team are playing this weekend. They have two friendlies lined up, not just this weekend, but also next week. They've got a friendly lined up on Saturday, and then another one on Tuesday, uh, both in Quito against Ecuador. So that'll be nice. Uh, oh, and both at reasonable times rather than at like 10 o'clock in the morning, like some of the uh, knockout stage of the championships were being played. Um, so, yeah, so that's on at 5 o'clock. Oh, both of them will be at 5 o'clock 
on obviously different days, as I've just said. Uh, so that would be nice. Uh, the head-to-head between Argentina and Ecuador in women's football is uh, five wins for Argentina, two wins for Ecuador, zero draws. So we're hoping for something big here. And I'm going to guess that the reason that the final of the Women's Championship hasn't been scheduled yet is because a bunch of players are going to be in Ecuador at the moment preparing for those matches. You think so? It's a fair assumption. Indeed. So, yep, that's our quick update. Obviously, the women's football content really suffers from not having Tony present um, for this. Um, But the other thing that we wanted to cover was the fascinating story of my couple of hours broken down waiting in the blazing heat of a Cordoba heat wave mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago. A couple of weeks ago? Three weeks ago? When so, did I go on holiday? Four weeks ago? Mm-hmm. No, hang on, it was the last week of last month. So, about a month ago. Um, at the beginning of my holiday. Uh, I can't remember whether I mentioned it on the podcast, but uh, we were driving and our car broke down um, 200 kilometres before we reached Cordoba City, when we were already in Cordoba province, and three kilometres from a place I'd never heard of before, called Bel. Bill, B-E-L-L space V-I-L-L-E. Uh, now, my girlfriend and our brother had never heard of it either. So when we broke down, we looked it up on Wikipedia to find out where it looked like we were going to be spending the night once we got a car to tow us. Um, and we discovered that it is the settlement. Wikipedia says city, and that, that's because the Argentine government says city, but it's got a population of about 15,000 or something, so... It's more town than than a city, Indeed, yeah. Uh, Whatever it is, anyway, it's the closest one, apparently, to the geographical centre of Argentina. Um, And was, at some point in the 19th century, touted as a potential capital city of Argentina. um, Because there were lots of people who weren't very happy with the idea that Buenos Aires should get that honour because of various political factions in the country at the time. That's all very interesting to read about, but it is not as interesting as what I'm about to tell you. Because Belleville as we discovered uh, when looking on its Wikipedia page, is home to the national... uh, Hang on, I'm trying to get this translation the right way around in my head before I say it out loud. The National Monument to the Football. uh, By which I mean not the National Monument to the Sport, but the National Monument to The the Ball with which the sport is played. And it calls itself the National Capital of the Football as well. Mm. Was no coincidence that your car broke there? No, clearly not. Um, Clearly not at all. As it was, I didn't spend the night in Belleville um, because the tow truck came from Villa Maria, uh, which is a a, a, seemed like quite a nice town actually. When we did end up spending the night there, I never want to go back. Obviously, not particularly (laughs) happy memories. Um, Took bloody ages to get there because the tow truck was uh, speed limited and it's eighty kilometres further up the motorway. But when we were then getting our night coach back to Buenos Aires from Cordoba, which obviously wasn't the idea because we were in the car, but we weren't in the car because it broke down, um, we passed through Belleville at about half past two in the morning. And being half past two in the morning, I was wide awake still and looked out the window. And as we were pulling in to the uh, coach station in Belleville, I saw... I mean, what I saw was a, a bloody enormous like metal statue in a spherical form. So I'm going to assume that 
it was the Monumento Nacional. Yeah, and it's that's also the National Monument to Cow's Bollocks or something. Indeed, but yes. It's a fair assumption. Um, I'm pretty sure I saw that monument. I didn't get a photo because it was pitch black and I just had my phone on me and, you know, you can't really get a decent picture anyway like that. Um, but I have seen it with my own eyes. And I was telling Andres and Dan this before we started recording. When Andres came out with something that is not mentioned in the Wikipedia page for Belleville, but which does Shocking. explain why the national monument to the football is in Belleville. Andres. No, I know, but what, what I don't, what you do know is that at Belleville there was this factory of the Pelota de Tiento, which was, that was the name of the ball, the huge uh, and heavy uh, leather ball uh, that it was used for playing in the past. The pigskin ball, right? Yes. A sort of classic yes. 1900s, yes. That, 1910s. That one that if you try to head it, it will, mm. it, uh, it will be a, you will be with a headache, heavy headache, of course. And apparently they have the claim to fame of having invented in 1931 the first lever ball with the valve and um, an invisible-ish stitching, uh, which is fairly revolutionary. Yeah. Um, is that in the world or in Argentina? I mean, you'd assume that if, you know, you can only invent it once in the world, right? Yeah, no, but I mean, they that's where it was... I believe so, I mean, done. in that very well, limited bit of digging I did um, before we started recording, it seems to be uh, their claim to fame. I'd be happy to be, to be corrected, but if they're saying they invented it, I assume it's because they invented it for everyone, right? Brilliant. No, and yeah. the way that you read it out before, I thought you were just saying it was the first like factory in Argentina to produce them after they've been invented somewhere else. But uh, that's even better. I think so. I mean, I'm, I, you know, I wouldn't stake my life on it or anything, but actually it, makes me wish we'd had be, yeah. spent the night in Belleville now, even though I'm obviously mm. on a more uh, literal level. And it very seems like bad the factory is now a museum or something. So if your car ever does break down near Belleville, uh, instead of just killing yourself, maybe. Take a look at the Bull Monument and and the museum. Yeah. This is an option. Might yeah. have to. Yeah. You'll know next time, sir. Indeed, yeah. Anyway, there you go. I, I do go on holiday and it did cost us a um <laughs> an episode recording that particular week. You won't be going on holiday again, <laughs> you've, you've just had four fascinating minutes of uh, of content for having a pot out of it. So um I hope you're all happy. Um any other bits and bobs to tie up, gents? Nah, let's do some questions. Should we do some listeners' questions. We could say that yesterday it was the the first anniversary of Diego Maradona's death. And speaking of anniversaries, how can I? I forgot it again. Almost um, is a. This a is our first in person recording since Handapod turned eleven. So chin chin, gents. To Maradona and to Handapod. That that wasn't scripted. I'd genuinely forgotten again that <laughs> we turned eleven years old. About two weeks ago. Indeed. Okay, moving on to listeners' questions. Uh, and of course, thank you as ever for supporting us and listening to us for the last 11 years and so on. Um, a couple of hours too late for our recording last week, uh, but I told him that if I remembered that I would ask this this week. Because I think it's a, a... I mean, it. it's a question that starts from a position that I disagree with. And I suspect right. that you two are going to disagree with it as well. But I do think that it's a good uh, point of discussion. Hit me. Wilf says, 
What are the chances of the qualification tournament for the World Cup ever being revised into a more sensible two-group format? So I replied to him and said, I will ask this next time round, but can you please... Uh, hang on, let me just find the exact wording of the tweet that I sent. Uh, afraid you've missed the recording time, but I'll be happy to ask this when we record next week. If you can expand on why you think that that would be more sensible. Sensible according to whom and why? So well, used to be the case, right? Indeed, it they did. They had yeah. it up to Two or three 1994 groups. was the last one in split groups, yeah. uh, which was very difficult for, for Argentina in, mm. in that, um, but it would in that be sense. Two groups of five teams, I don't, I don't get it. It's like only, of course, it's only 10 teams. You yeah. can't uh, make it, uh, make, make Mexico, for example, play for, they, because they have their CONCACAF or, or United States, or other teams that are in, in perhaps Central America. Yeah. I think so. It's it yes. could have made se- it probably did make sense when the World Cup was restricted to fewer teams. And I think what did South America and have? When, and when the holders one? didn't play in the qualifiers. Indeed. Um, so we're talking about 1994, the last one where there were 24 teams, and South America would have had three plus one, possibly. Yeah, because Argentina went for in the playoff, famously against Australia. Um, and in that case, there were three groups, right? Yeah. Um, so that sort of makes sense. Um, I don't think it makes sense when you get into a position where um, uh, where you have five teams going through, and indeed in 2026, we'll have, what, six or seven? Six at least going through, right? Will we? With 2026, it's going up to 48. Oh, well, yeah, but it's all going to get more spots. Sure, they have to. Wow. Yeah, um, I'd imagine so. I mean, that opens up a separate section of the conversation yeah. anyway, but Wilf uh, replied to me saying, it just seems a bit extra to play 18 matches, although I note, thanks to Wikipedia, that this has been the format since 1998, as you've just pointed out. Uh, aren't there endless dead rubbers at the, fu- at the tail end? Um, oh, really? Now, the response I'll make to that one is just obviously, Wilf was asking this before we recorded last week, and one of the things that we did, that you and I did, didn't we, last week, uh, in Handapod Extra, Andres, um, was look at the run-ins for the last four matches for those teams who are like all within about four points of each other. There are loads of them. There are going to be a whole load of matches in these last four rounds that are anything but dead rubbers. Yeah. Um, it does obviously mean that Brazil particularly and Argentina to an only slightly lesser extent don't really ever have any excuse for not qualifying. There's very little chance that they're going to cock that up. Uh, but to be honest, that's going to be the system however South America does it, right? Yeah. These are the two strongest national sides, historically speaking. Argentina, I think, have qualified for every World Cup that they have actually entered. Obviously, Brazil have Except been at every World Cup. Did they? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That's the only time that they've attempted to qualify and not yes. been there. Uh, it's not the only one that they haven't been at, but it's the only time that they've said, yes, we want to join in this one and have failed to get there. Yes. Um, so really, Argentina and Brazil never have an excuse, whichever system of qualification you use. Um, no, and I although think, it, um, it although it does um, on first glance look like oh well you know if you're going to have half of the confederation qualifying you know four and a half spots for yeah. for ten sides, actually you don't end up with that many dead rubber no, matches. No, not at all. And not the standard all. is much higher than elsewhere because it's, it's not like in Europe where you're keeping all the good teams apart. Um, it's you know you've got vicious qualification uh, matches between teams who hate each other, teams who 
I don't even need to look this up, but just the average uh, FIFA ranking of nations in Conmebol is going to be far higher than the average ranking of the nations in every other confederation. Yes. Because all of them are in the top 100. I think at least eight, possibly nine of them are in the top 50. I think Bolivia might be better... But Venezuela are about 40-something. Bolivia, I have a feeling, are about 65th or something in the lowest ranks. But even Bolivia play their home matches in La Paz. So there's always... No, they're they're right there in the mix this time. I think you could have made an argument for this on an exceptional basis for this World Cup because of the pandemic, because of Mm -hmm. the missed qualifying weeks and the huge fixture backlog. But I'm going to put it this way, um, just from a completely practical sense... If you're going to reduce the, the match weeks from 18 to 8 when there isn't a pandemic, that's a hell of a lot of shit for any we're going to have to yeah, put up with well. in the interim because mm-hmm. there, in, there isn't any Copa America qualifying as, uh, as there is continental qualifying in, say, um, in Europe and North America. There isn't a Commonwealth Nations League and it just would be very, very dull. To, to follow South American football probably three years out of four if yeah. that happened uh, or at least two years out of four so a Nations League style competition actually might be the best argument for I mean, that's a merger competition between the... CONCACAF and CONMEBOL though. that could be quite because there is a CONCACAF Nations League now there is I don't really yes. understand what it does or why it's there but Minimum. it exists it does exist I think if it's they something wanted to do with like... giving the the smaller nations who always go out in the first round of qualifying something yeah. to do essentially I see right which yeah. isn't the case for Commonwealth because I, I was just thinking all the games. They, they could also give the United States and Mexico some at least semi-competitive matches against teams who aren't the United States and Mexico from time to time and that could help them to improve maybe um, <coughs> possibly or you know alternatively it might just result in CONCACAF putting on a competition that's consistently won by Argentina or Brazil which could be embarrassing for yeah. them in conclusion I don't think it's a terrible idea but I, I think at the moment the, the format is is good enough it indeed need to be touched yeah thank you for the question Wilf uh, obviously I found it interesting enough that I wanted to make sure it got asked and I actually remembered it which surprises me slightly but um, there you go uh, today in the last hour or so since I asked for questions for this week's recording, we have had Santi Balsa has tweeted in to say predictions on what Gachardo will decide to do. He's going to be the next Man United manager, isn't he? Definitely. I don't want to predict something like that. Sorry. <laughs> now, uh, he, he said yesterday that the decision he will make will be the hardest in his life, so I assume he will leave. Mm. Uh, I said it before we started recording, you know, despite my inclination towards Argentina I think it would be brilliant to see him as the Uruguay coach because yeah, I think he's, he's he been linked, do he? a very very good job I don't think it's going to happen at all but I, he, they are short of time and, and Yashar doesn't like to play to, to, to be the coach of a team which is short of time because if, if, they don't, if he hasn't achieved to qualify uh, they will have one year. That's uh, true. Yeah, you got. I know it's not going to happen. I'm just saying. I don't. would. Yes, I would yes. like to see it happen. I think that would be a match made in heaven. And they they say that they are uh, they will offer him six million euro or dollars per, per season and five year contract, which is Jesus, the Uruguay. Uruguayan Football Association. They say it where was, are they getting that money from? I don't say. I, it's not official. I, I read it in a new. Are they asking news. Edinton Cavani to pay yes. for that out of his own pocket? Well, but they are obsessed <laughs> with Just going to give him Colonia or something. Like that. <laughs> they, 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 as as far as I read, what I read was that 
Yes, Diego Aguirre, yeah, yes, but we won Gallardo. And, and, and oh, that, Diego Aguirre has got to feel really good about it. So. <laughs> and, and that's why they are... It's 100 grand a year. Yeah. That's why they will seduce him with... Try to seduce him with, with us. Uh, figures it's it's an interesting strategy I mean not least because that's a terrible strategy (laughs) yeah but also because it it doesn't seem like he's particularly money driven I mean we mentioned this before how he obviously earned plenty uh, during his playing days and if he was all about the pay packet you would have thought he'd have gone to Europe about five years ago at least left Argentina apart from that they they would give him the possibility to work with the youth divisions which Mm. is something that he does at Mm. River that's what Tabarez famously did um, yeah. all throughout his, uh, his reign in uh, Uruguay. You know, very yeah. different coaches tactically and, um, and in style, but in that case, yeah, like very, uh, very hands-on. Yeah, but I mean, as, as you said, Dan, it could be a, a really good fit if he actually, if it looked yeah. at all. I should clarify that, enough. it's not going to happen. Okay, Shadow teams frequently and, and, have a, and, a great amount of fights in them, and he really, really likes his knockout competitions. And in the point of view of Shadow, it will mean another step before going to Europe because mm. if he does well, well, it, there will be no doubt that, that doubts that he is made for for a, a team in, in Europe. Yeah, uh, I think that, I think PSG, some, if Pochettino goes to United. Yeah, I mean, there's the the personal link there, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. I, I think there's there'd be some risk with him taking the Uruguay job purely because Uruguay don't have. Like, they have the tradition, obviously, and they have the history, but if you look at the demographics and, and how modern football works and stuff, there's no particular reason that Uruguay ought to be one of the powers of South American football. And yet, because they've been so good so recently, as, you know, the last decade and a bit, it would look, from the European point of view, like a bit of a failure if he didn't you know, get them to the World Cup, get them to the semi-final of the Copa America when it's next played, whatever. And that might actually end up damaging his standing, even though he'd be doing a pretty much the job he's that not any a, manager would expect. He's not a very comfortable situation, because if he leaves now, of course it will be uh, like a morning for, for River supporters, uh, but he will be leaving, uh, having won a, 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 a league title, which was something that quite... Highly desired, yeah. Uh, but if he doesn't, and he doesn't, uh, may, River doesn't, uh, ha, for example, happen similar something similar to what happened this year, uh, and he also doesn't win the title, uh, league title or something like that, he will leave losing, and, and that is also uh, that is uh, neither a, a good a good situation. Yeah. So if he he's not he must must not be in a good. Uh, I mean, in a very comfortable situation, he will think about it and uh, repeat. I because of the words, uh, listening to the words he said last night, it, it looks like it is a, a goodbye. Yeah. But, uh, no, exactly. It's that interview that makes me think. I mean, if if I were in his position, I think I'd find it very. Now that the team has really grown together in these last few months and have won the title, I find it very difficult to resist the temptation of going for one more Libertadores. Mm. See if you it would he would become. No one's won it three times as a manager, right? Did Bianchi? Did Bianchi win? Yeah, Bianchi yeah, won Bianchi. once with Vélez and twice the with Boca. The thing is, the team. So he'd be one of two managers, unless my memory is. The thing is, is that he, three three times to, he will hardly have a better team than three times with Boca. Uh, 2001, yeah. 2000, 2001, 2004. 2004 was Russo, wasn't it? No, 2007 was. Russo. Oh, of course, yeah, okay. 
So four. Uh, right. So Bianchi's won it four times. Yes. Carry the thing on, is that he will hardly have a better team that he has now, mm. because the, the the board members, uh, by the way, there are elections in, in it was will be next week. Next yeah, year. I guess it's good. What guarantees that this really good squad that he's just managed to put together, you know, on the back of a fag packet isn't all going to get dismantled and sold to Europe. Um, yeah. Before, well, when he gets back from some holiday. Well, Julian Alvarez is off, surely. There's but, no way they're mm, hanging on to him. But the board member, the actual board member, board members, <laughs> I assume that there will be a, a continuity because the, the, the one who is a, a candidate for, one of the candidates is for the, of course it's, it's not an offer because he can't, but it's Jorge Brito who was former uh, vice president. Mm -hmm. If he get, uh, continues in the in the same line, we will say uh, they will try to get uh, uh, fresh money in order to finish the, the the remodeling of the of the stadium. Good with uh, seats, uh, <laughs> new new be. seats and, and, and different uh, uh, works, and for that, of course, they need a lot of money. And one of the one of the one of the uh, uh, alternatives they have, they are, they are man uh, seeing is to name the, the, the stadium, the, to do the naming of the stadium, and other uh, uh, other sponsors apart from the T-shirt and, and a cryptocurrency uh, contract. Oh, I think that is because that's gone really well for football clubs. Yeah. Very that is recently, a fan token, it? a fan token. I think uh, uh, agreement. It's similar to Independiente has one, for example. Okay. So yes, they are. I they, they will be focused on that, not not on the team. So mm. I, I think that is difficult also. I think they not. They ought to. If they're going to rename the stadium, they ought to name it after Gasharado. Yes. Like this <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, what will he decide? I'm going to. Say, yeah, I mean, he's going to go somewhere. I suspect, as, as you say. Uh, Rob Fitzpatrick says, "How did Gago get the Racing job after Aldo Civi's last few games under him? Was it potential?" Now, before I hand this over to Dan, I will just point out that, you know, most managers who leave jobs are doing so after losing a bunch of losing matches or a poor results. Yeah. So it's not necessarily that, oh, look at how they've played the last few games. Um, but Dan, you know, you're the Racing fan, so what do you think? It's a tough one because, I mean, Racing are playing a little bit better than they were before um, Gago came in. Last game, uh, ob the obvious exception, but at this point, I'm, I was 99.999% sure that Racing were going to lose last night, and I was 70% sure that it was going to be by a fairly hefty margin, because that's basically just what happens now with uh, uh, River Racing games. Um, we get beat by a lot. But also, five nil. It doesn't reflect that badly on Gachado though, either, because uh, on, on Gago, sorry, because he's not been in charge for that long. No, it's his fifth game. Yeah. Um, granted, like in those five, those five games include four defeats and a draw. The fourth one coming last night, but uh, the previous game, which I went to on Sunday, uh, I'll be honest, uh, I was more pissed off with with that defeat than the one last night, which I just saw as inevitable because the team played well. Um, you can see that Galo's ideas are taking effect. They're trying to put it on the ground. You know, uh, they're playing against Colón, who aren't an easy team to play against by any stretch of the imagination. But um, they had the best of the game. They went ahead very early um, and lost basically because of a, a 
fantastic free kick and an absolutely horrendous uh, defensive mistake um, and also had three or four chances to score. I mean, you know, I don't want to be one of the people who say, oh, yeah, you didn't deserve to lose, but, but it's true, you know. At the end of the day, if your players are fucking up three yards away from your own goal or missing chances under the posts, that's just the way it goes sometimes. Um, up to then, there has been an improvement. Uh, they they beat an Atletico Tucumán in, in Tucumán recently, which possibly isn't as much of an achievement as, as it might be in my head because Atletico Tucumán has <laughs> been a bit shit recently. But... Um, it's a tough one, like the game, you know, the games they lost. You say uh, who they lost to? They lost very narrowly to Central, which was very unlucky. They lost against Defensive Justicia, who we've seen uh, are alongside River, the form team of the championship, mm. and then against Colón, who have also been very solid, and and that game they could have won. I'd give Gallo more time, and if we do decide that. He's been a failure. He's not cut out for it. It shouldn't be because of what happened against River, who had everything to play for, the whole crowd on his back, pretty much floating on the clouds. Um, the entire match against Racing, who were basically there just as, um, as someone to make fun of, you know, the, the gesture of the evening and the celebrations. And they played that part to perfection, we must say. Um, we all know, you know, gaggle is gaggle. He, he has a name behind him, that's why he, he made the jump from Andalusivi to Racing, but also because his teams do show something. They, the results haven't really come for him yet, but Andalusivi, there, there were a few moments of interesting football in Racing too. Again, except in last night's game, there have been a few interesting moments. Um, I'm, I'm going to keep the faith. I'm, I'm not giving up on Gago yet. The other supporters say that at least they have an idea. Which is, of course, is at least they're playing something, yeah. which wasn't yeah. the case before. Gabriel. Which is pretty much what we said would happen when he came in. You know, yeah. we said you know, you might not see a big uptick in results right away, given that we're halfway through a campaign and everything. Yeah. But at least they're not going to be as boring no, to watch anymore. Absolutely. I mean, I can watch a Racing game without wanting to smash my head through the window, mm. which is an improvement. I mean, very much the kind of attitude that three years ago that I was taking to. Man United after Indeed. Mourinho was gone yeah. that was the main thing you know as it was there was a huge uptick in results right away but it wasn't really what I was expecting it was just finally I'll be able to enjoy watching my team play football again Absolutely. Um, and you know who knows maybe that'll happen again now but anyway uh, Liam Kelly who has no relation to me says River have made some big signings e.g. Piti Martinez Quintero Armani and have achieved great things on the continental scene uh, it almost feels like he's asking this because Gashard was on his way out. You know, it's not like, a question for three years ago. No, no. It's one hour ago. Would you say that this title, that this title success, ah, that's where he's going, uh-huh. uh, is mostly down to homegrown talent? I mean... Yeah, talking about yeah. the names, uh, it's a... Uh, yeah, uh, mostly. The worst... It's, I mean, they, they don't... It doesn't... There, is, uh, there, is, there are no bright names or... or, or, or Players that you will say, ah, yeah, this player plays at River because he won different mm-hmm. uh, titles in different. Ah, I say Brian Romero played his yeah. part. Yeah. Uh, Palavasino, I think, was uh, was an inspired signing once yeah. he. But not big name. It was like a. Nah, a big bet. name. No, but it was a bet. 
for, for that Gallardo won and, and Enzo Fernandez, of course, it was uh, another pet. It was a lot of pets. We will say Felipe Peña David before Martinez. Felipe Peña before his his injury was uh, put in a, in a, in a center uh, to play in a center uh, as a center back when he says center midfield and he was doing well and he got injured. Then yeah. Santiago Simon, the, the other guy we we, we mentioned before, uh, is another one. Benjamin Olaizer. Uh, yes, I think there is a mix between experienced players and others that have come into a team uh, with no ex previous experience, some of them from the youth divisions, and, and, and yes, I think it's something that uh, uh, it was more the team which uh, uh, made the, 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 the work and not the, the, the players themselves, I, think, I mean. Yeah, indeed. I mean, I, I would agree that it's, it's difficult to, apart from Alvarez, because he's just been so good, but it, it, it's difficult to, to pick out sort of one player and say this, this guy's been you know, the reason that River have won. And it's difficult to pick out two or three or, or a particular group of players and say, you know, the defence has been the main reason behind it, the midfield's been the main reason. The whole team have been so far above, as, as Dan kind of hinted when, when pointing out that everybody else is pretty rubbish, so far above everything else in the league this campaign, this year, um, that that's hard to say. But there is clearly a, a very strong vein of homegrown players running through, you know, I'm just looking at the 11 that played against Racing last night now. I think that with the exception of, for example, Alex Vigo, who finally wasn't, mm. uh, I think he will finally leave because he, the, the, the times he played, he he showed he was not a, a player for River or perhaps, for example, Paradela, he was, who was another one, a, 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 a fine a fit player, a foot player, yep. but not, a, a, I think, not com committed enough committed enough to, to, to play in the, in the first team. Uh, I think, uh, except, except for those players, I think that there is there was a, a, another uh, sensation that uh, the player that got into the team, the player that will do things well. Uh, and, and that includes, of course, the, the guys, the, the, the kids. Yeah. Um, and Brody Sabor says, how do I pick an Argentine team? I'm a fan of AC Milan and Sporting KC, neither of whom seem to have a strong connection to Argentina. I mean, certainly you need the other Milan team, at least, really, for an Argentine Well, Patronato has connection. a similar yeah. t-shirt. Uh, oh, that's true, yeah. <laughs> that, that's a good one. Yeah. And then Crespo played for River, so... Indeed. Um, uh, I'm trying to... Sporting KC, I have to admit, I do not know whether they've had any Argentine players at all. Yeah. I assume they have, because they're all over MLS, but... They have, I just can't remember any right now. You could say Oscar Tavares, the Uruguay coach, uh, former Uruguay coach. Um, he was at both Milan and Boca. Okay. So that's a yeah. very tenuous link to Boca there. Um, Milan and Boca played the final. Indeed. And Milan lost. I'm just looking up Sporting Kansas City on Wikipedia now to see whether I can find something. Carry on, Dan. I don't know what else to say, really. Um, I, how would you classify Milan? Fallen giant who are just about getting back now? Something like that? Independiente? Are they coming back, really? Unfortunately, <laughs> there is a player that played a lot of years in, in the other team of the city, like Pupi Zanetti for Inter. Mm. Milan, so uh, mm. 
It's almost as if one of those clubs was founded for mostly the Italians of the city and the other one was founded for the international diasporas yeah. within the city and are named as such, isn't it? Um, oh, hang on, hello. Claudio Lopez played for mm. Sporting KC. That's it says cool. here. Kaiser. There you go. The That's Kansas a... City, uh, Kansas City Wizards, right? No. Oh, no. <laughs> no, Sporting Kansas City. Sporting Kansas City. Uh, hang on, let me see whether I can open him Bioch. in a new tab. He played for Arrasa, of course. He did. And Valencia. He did, indeed. Uh, Yeah, well, I think that means Racing. I think he has no choice. Sorry. Maybe forget everything you just heard. Sorry, Brody. (laughs) But do you want a winning team or what? No, he's a Milan supporter. No, I mean, I, I, I doubt he does. He's just asking us how to pick an Argentine team. I mean, the, the real answer to that is you, you pick your team any way that you want. If you like kits, yeah. pick the one with the nicest kit. If you want to pick a team who win loads and loads of trophies and uh, not much else, then River or Boca. If you like funny names, Deportivo Mora. Yes, indeed. Or Altos Ornos Sapla. Or pretty much anybody, in fact, in the lower yes. divisions. Douglas Haig, who also share... Um, Milan's colours. Mm-hmm. So that's two points for them. S- Funny S- name. Uh, Milan's yeah, colours. Patronato, if you say the full name. Patronato de la Juventud Católica. Yeah. Yes. Godoy Cruz Antonio Tomba. There are, there are lots of funny names and we're not going to just uh, we could repeat them for half an hour at each other right now but that wouldn't be particularly good um, podcast content so instead I'm going to call a very short break and right after it I will give you Mystic Sam's predictions for yes there is a weekend of action that's about to start so don't go away Okay, these matches begin on, as Dan has just asked, whether we've got anything on tonight. Um, these begin on f- 5 o'clock Argentine time, of course, on Saturday afternoon with Tacheres versus Aldo Sibi. I'm going... Tacheres are still sort of... It, it's up in the air still for continental qualification, isn't it? They've saying, got to keep winning. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go for Tacheres to win that one. Right. Patronato de la Juventud Católica at home to Godoy Cruz Antonio Tomba. I think that that one's going to be a draw. I'll go for... Ooh, Estudiantes versus Vélez. There's a big clash. Seventh versus fourth. Separated by only three points. Um, I'm going to go for Vélez to edge that one. Rosario Central versus River on Sunday. I mean, the big question there is, are River's players all going to still be hung over? Um, I I think that that's going to be a draw. It's likely that Gallardo will make players that haven't Absolutely, been playing changes, yeah. recently. He's got, yeah, he's gone so long without picking reserves for a league match. He must be <laughs> busting, busting a gut to do it, just chucking some random players. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll go for a draw in that one. Defensa y Justicia versus Colón will be a Defensa y Justicia win. Argentinos versus Gimnasia is going to be a Gimnasia win. Got, uh, Godoy Cruz? What am I doing here? Boca Juniors... <laughs> I don't know how I misread that. Um, are at home to Newell's Old Boys, and I think that Boca will win that one. Union, I think, will get a win over Atletico Tucumán. Racing versus Lanús. You can say it. I mean, I think it's going to be a 3-3 draw. Uh, Central Cordoba versus Arsenal should be a Central Cordoba win. 
um, because that really is how bad Arsenal are, although Central Cordoba are only one point better off, but I've said it now. Platense versus Huracan, I think will be a Platense win, narrowly. San Lorenzo versus Sarmiento, I think is a draw, and Banfield versus Independiente will be an Independiente win. Sarmiento is still in Primera. Yeah. I mean, they haven't had any mid-season relegations done, so... I just, I had no idea they were still a thing. Oh, yeah. They wow. are. I think you could have just scrubbed them out of the league and no one, even in Cunin, would have, would have realised. They're 20th. Yeah. 24 points from 22 wow. matches. What Won six, drawn six, lost 10. Scored 22. Exactly one goal per game. Lost 28. Uh, conceded 28. What an extraordinarily irrelevant team. Yeah. Well, I drove past Hunin on um I didn't drive, I was a passenger in the now fortunately repaired car. I was driven past Hunin on my way to Chacabuco for a wedding on Sunday. Um so yeah, that was you nice. didn't break down that time. No, we didn't. Excellent. No, fortunately. Because it was also bloody hot and there was um exactly as much shade as there was in Cordoba. Which is to say none at all. Um anyway, yeah, should be a fairly entertaining weekend of matches really and hopefully it will throw up some stuff for us to talk about because now that the title's been decided yes it will be a bit boring and there's no relegation for the ones who are still not qualified do we know when the Copa Argentina semi's been played? Uh, well the first one's been played yes I can't remember what we mentioned while we were recording singular rather than plural that was Boca versus Argentinos and Boca got through and the remaining one is must be soon what, what is the remaining one? Oh, hang on, I've just I've got my phone in front of me, that's why you're asking me. Bloody hell. It must be next week because the other, I must think, be. is the final. Uh, let's see, Tacheres versus Godoy Cruz is playing, played, playing, played, being played. To be played. On the 1st of December at 21.10. Which will be So that is going to be Wednesday, Wednesday at yes. 10 past 9. Uh, and the, the final other Wednesday is the yet. final. And of course, the one thing that we haven't mentioned yet, because it's too painful a memory for all of us here on an Argentine football podcast this year, after so many years of dominance, is that the Copa Libertadores final is being played tomorrow. And is it the second year in a row that there's not going to be any Argentine representation? Correct. Who was yes. it last year? It was all Brazilian. Almeida well. Santos. Yeah, I mean, hopefully next year the natural order of things will be restored and we'll have a Libertadores final between... River and Colón by the look of it I mean they're the only two yeah. who are definitely in it so far um, sure. but uh, yeah next tomorrow 24 hours time we'll know who the champions of South America are unless it goes to extra time and penalties in which case just over 24 hours time from now uh, does it go to extra time actually? it does doesn't it? I think it does yes. and you tweeted earlier that they've they're doing away with away goals next year yes there will be no more away Wonderful goals things. in combinable competition which oh. I think is fantastic because I hate away goals yeah Except when my team wins by the way, guys, which is okay. Anyway, on that note, thank you very much indeed for listening for another week. If you want even more of this sort of nonsense, then get over to patreon.com slash handofpod and sign up to give us money each month. And you too can wonder why the hell you did that as the alerts pop onto your telephone. You too are subscribers. Uh, yes. Bonner down as a as national football. Yeah, fan. unfortunately so. Um, yeah. But yeah, there we are. I collared him when he was down here and outside Labrigada one night when I was leaving the pub and convinced him to give us a listen. Very good. Um, anyway, thank you very much indeed for listening and goodbye from Andres. Thank you. Goodbye from English Dam. Goodbye and from me. Thank you and goodbye. <laughs>